It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Yes! Yes! Touchdown! They did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in. Spending some time with us today on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, some uh, unique and exclusive audio coming up a little bit later on the show. I had a chance to catch up with Wade Meacham and Daniel Grishik after practice yesterday. Thank you, Jason, for holding down the fort while I snuck out early. Yeah, I try. Uh, you know, it would be nice to be told a, a, a closer to accurate time when practice breaks so that I could be you know, here and do more of my job on the show rather than sit in my car in a hot parking lot. Did they not break until like 6? It was close to 6. <laughs> but I get it. You know, it's their practice. But um, originally, yeah, I won't get into that. But it was fun talking to the players. I'll, I'll just say that. It was, And I appreciate the access. Uh, so you'll hear from them. And uh, that'll be coming up a little bit later on in the show. Um, and uh, more thoughts about Utah State, Weber State. And you know, a couple other things going on. There's some international basketball that's been going on right now. The FIBA World Cup qualifiers underway. Luka Doncic putting on a show uh, for his country. Rudy Gobert showed out for his. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of watching some of those highlights and this little feeling inside like, Ugh, he's not on a, he won't be wearing a jazz uniform anymore. Yeah, it's really weird to think about, but it's uh, it's reality. Yeah. By the way, I have something for you. Ooh. Uh, so yesterday, you won pick six. <laughs> yes, I did win pick six. Finally. Uh, so I went back and looked at it. So our first battle for, for, for pick six started on June 16th. <laughs> Is that what it's? I officially, oh, my gosh. I officially won it on June 20th, the, the following Monday. So from June 20th for the next two and a half months, or you could say 11 weeks, or 78 days, or 1,800, almost 1,900 hours, <laughs> over 6 million seconds. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I was the pick six champion. It, <laughs> that span of time took up 21% of the year of our lore, 2022. <laughs> and then you broke that streak. Oh, my. Well, so 20%. More than 20%. So I'd like to present... To you, this. Oh my gosh! Wow, this is like a fancy like certificate. It's like in a f- little frame. Yeah, it is. Got a nice little frame. A certificate of achievement. <laughs> certificate of ach- oh my gosh! Look at that. It's like specially like printed and monogrammed. Yeah, I designed it myself. Signed it myself. <laughs> I toyed with the idea of having Kent sign it too. <laughs> He's not around though, or at least when oh, I'm around. So that is awesome. Uh, I need to get a picture of you with that. Because yes. we're definitely going to post it, and I'll have a I'll have a zoomed in version so y'all can see it. If you want to check out the the 1069 the fan account on Twitter, you'll be able to see it. Maybe I'll post it on uh, Facebook too. So hold it up and smile. Oh yeah, here we go. We gotta you know do it right. You know this is this is a momentous occasion right here. 
you know, we, I think we need to post this in the studio. <laughs> or post it in here, post it in your cubicle, wherever. Permanent, yes. Just, just something nice, because it is indeed a momentous occasion. There you, go. you know, I've got, like, you know, different things from my kids, <laughs> different milestones for them. Just put lives. that right in front of all those. And this will just, you know, we'll put that in front. I'm trying to get yeah. This will this will stay in here, over on my side, so I can see it often to remind myself. Yeah, it's just like I finally did it, <laughs> finally did it. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> uh, that was a long time. Yeah, I, I you know I need to come up with something equally impressive for your incredible run there, uh, and I will, I will. <laughs> I know I'm a little famous for being slow to, to make good, but I will. See, I made that myself. That was homemade. Now, the, the frame thing, actually, that was repurposed from an award I won back when I was the Utah Statesman, so I just pulled out my <laughs> the one certificate I got. Uh, that's good stuff. So, Thank you. That's very nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this current stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, we always want to have you chime in on things that are going on, invite you to participate on the show, 435 435- Three three nine zero three two one, and um, getting to some of the texts. I know it was a pretty lively day yesterday. A lot of reactions to that trip to Alabama. Upset fans about how that game played out, and um, certainly if you want to continue to to uh, to weigh in on that topic, you're more than welcome. Nine three one five. Texting in is Jason's pick six gift uh, gift watch. Eric do the happy dance? Is that a gift? Is that the gift to watch me do the happy dance? I don't know if that counts as a gift. <laughs> Depends on uh, you know, how that happy dance plays out. Yeah. Uh, 5338, following up on yesterday's conference ranking discussion. Uh, this must have been something that you were talking about while I wasn't here. Conference ranking, uh, well, real-time RPI shows the Mountain West Conference last year Ranked number six, which is the top G5 ranking. One position ahead of the Pac-12 and two positions ahead of the AAC. Sorry, I wasn't listening. So, <laughs> Jason. I'm sending out my your congratulatory tweet. <laughs> We've got to get it on the social media. I, I'm double-tasking. I'm double tasking no, I, I th- uh, So I was listening when you were having this discussion, when you were talking about this, because the playoff expansion... I think you were talking about that, going yeah. to 12 teams and um, the Mountain West uh, you know, was a solid conference a year ago, but the best group of five school was Cincinnati. So yeah. Cincinnati was the highest ranked conference champion, but as a conference, the Mountain West was stronger, but... I still think that Cincinnati would have been the the team selected to go. Yeah, they would have gone to the playoff. Now you can argue top to bottom. Uh, I won't get into that too much because it's last year, and this is an ongoing feud between the Mountain West and the uh, the AAC. Is that the American? Yes. Whatever it's called. It's an ongoing debate because they say, well, Mountain West argues top to bottom because they kind of have to because you know the American is usually put out the top team. Because um, Boise State hasn't been like their kind of top flight selves for a few years, um, whereas they've had Cincinnati and I think uh, somebody else has come out a couple of times. They've done pretty well. 
Houston in the Houston's had a moment here and there. Yeah, they like but, had a year. Yeah. But it's generally been Cincinnati that's been kind of at the top. But of course Cincinnati, you know, they're going to the Big Twelve along with a couple others. So the the Americans are gonna get gutted and the Mountain West will basically become the best G five program kind of by default. No matter what argument you make, because they'll have the best teams. You know, Boise State and San Diego State will probably consistently be up there. Fresno State, Utah State, um, occasionally getting up there, maybe Fresno State more often, unless Utah State grows. But, you know, for the last few years, the only argument the Mountain West has had towards being the best G5 conference is, oh, we're better top to bottom. They've not been better at the top, which, I don't know. It can be iffy to debate best conferences because there are two ways to look at it. Do you have the best team or do you have the best conference top to bottom? Right, and in the end, conference football playoff, they will look at who is the best. Who who's the best team? Yeah, yeah. For the for the conference playoff selection, it is just who's the best team because that's all they care about. Um, maybe when you're making arguments for some of the at large bids, then you get into conference strength. But like I said last year, Cincinnati would have been the team because it's the the highest ranked conference champions. And that would have been Cincinnati. And they would have been the G5, you know, because they, it's like the top six, I guess. Um, so that'd be all of the Power Five, because I think there was a Power Five school ranked ahead of Utah State, you know, from every conference. And then you have Cincinnati. So Utah, I think that somebody texted in saying that Utah State would have been in the playoff last year under the current, or under the proposed rules, which I don't think would have been the case. Because there were six conference champions ahead of Utah State in the rankings. Utah State wasn't even ranked after winning the Mountain West Conference Championship. Right. Though I think there may not have been a ranking after that week. Because that was all about San Diego State. Yeah. I guess, there would, I guess they release a, a playoff ranking after championship week, don't they? Well, yeah, they do a final rankings. Okay. I think it was the AP poll because they don't do the, the playoff rankings after the championship because it doesn't matter. I think. So just pulled up the, the final rankings, which looks like would have accounted for the, the playoff. Is it the AP poll or the, the, the playoff both. poll? Oh, really? Well, there's the AP poll and the coaches poll. Okay, because there's, there's a separate playoff poll, which I don't think happens after oh, the playoffs. That's correct. But in the AP poll, Utah State came in at 25th, and I don't know where or if they came in on the coaches poll. Uh, both AP and coaches, they were 24th. Oh, 24. Okay, excuse me. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they weren't even ranked until after winning their bowl game. So, or did, they, did the rankings come out before the bowl games? Uh, they would come out after. Okay. I can't remember when they do all these rankings. It's, <laughs> it's like, when did they do the last ranking? Because the last AP poll ranking for men's basketball is before the tournament, I believe. I don't think they released one after the tournament. No, that's correct. So, it's like, okay. Because the tournament determines. Yeah everything else and like everybody in their dogs makes the tournament half of i guess not half because there's like 300 teams in college bath there's a lot in college yeah, there's basketball. a lot there's a lot in college basketball um i'm just trying to find if i can see it uh and maybe it's not that big of a deal but the college football playoff oh i didn't verify that <laughs> in my search 
That would help if I'm looking at the right terms. Um, yeah, this is... Anyway. Uh, the final college football playoff poll. Here we go. For 2021... Right, Utah State was not in the top 25. San Diego State was at 24. And that would have been... Uh, when was that released? Because that, was that released before or after the conference championship? I think it released after the conference championships because those heavily play into who gets into the playoff. Yeah, it was on December 6th. Yeah, which I think is after... It's like I think it's like the Monday or Tuesday after championship weekend. I can't remember if they released theirs on Monday or Tuesday. Because AP polls on Monday. Or maybe they do theirs on Sunday. Well, they normally do, well, they normally do it on a Tuesday they, leading the, up to it. But their final poll, um, I thought it was on a Sunday. It might be on a Sunday because it's a huge deal. So they want it on the weekend. Right, to get it done. And since all the championship early. games happen on Saturday, they don't have to worry about Joe Schmo game happening on Sunday. No. Where the week hasn't technically ended yet. Correct. So, anyway, I mean, we've, we've kind of gone off on a tangent here, but... Yeah, we have. So, December 6th was uh, was a Monday um, last year. So, the college, uh, the Mountain West Conference championship game was was on Saturday the 4th. So even after Utah State beat San Diego State in the conference championship game, the Aztecs had a higher CFP ranking than USU, who at the time were still unranked. It didn't take until the bowl game before Utah State finally got ranked. Yeah, and that was in a different poll. Yeah. Of course, they weren't ranked in the AP poll either, so they barely snuck in at the end. Uh, So... 725 or 7241. Hope nobody at the Statesman is listening right now hearing about you messing with that award you got. That award was like in 2016 or 2017. And technically, it was like a duplicate because they gave me a small plaque for that same award and then they also gave me a certificate for it. That's how I justify. I have like a small pile of the of certificates that I'd win every couple of years or you know, for like two or three straight years where I was writing for them. The certificate, I, I basically, I actually didn't even the, throw away the certificate. Yeah, the I certificate still is still intact. Yeah, I still have it. It's it's the one for most it's prolific writer. Fancy envelope that you put it. Yeah, in. I just I took out the envelope. The plaque for that same award, the certificate is is hanging on my wall. It's the, actually <laughs> one of two awards I won while at the Statesman that are hanging on my wall. All my awards for like best sports story, most prolific writer, best multimedia. A lot of, lot of accolades I racked up for the Statesman. There you go. Not See? bragging. <laughs> just it's a reality. It's a fact. It's just it is. It's what it is. Jason knows what he's doing. <laughs> Seven two four says now he's bragging about how many awards he's got. <laughs> not bragging, like I said, not bragging. Just stating facts. That's what I do here. You've got envelopes and sleeves to spare, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's basically what it is. I, I tried to see, all right, which one can I spare? And I was like, I already have a plaque for this certificate. So I figured I'd sacrifice that. So that I could give you this achievement. <laughs> Especially because that's like, I didn't have any fancy paper to use. So <laughs> I had to make it look better. Oh, that's good stuff. It's a worthy achievement in, in, a, in a worthy cause. So, um, Utah State 
turning their attention to Weber State this week. Um, could this still be somewhat of a trap game for USU? So I've seen a lot of people worried and almost talking that way. I have not seen the term trap game. Where Utah State has a bye week after this one and then UNLV after that, it's not like their attention may be on the next opponent necessarily, but could there be some undue hangover after what happened in Alabama? I feel like it may be the opposite. They're rearing to go. And like I said, I've seen people worried as if Utah State's bad enough to lose. Let's let's keep this in mind. Um, I think the last... I think the last three times Utah State's played, they've held Utah State to like two touchdowns or less. 2013, they beat him 70-6. to Last time, it was like 45-13. Um, this, keep in mind, this is FBS versus FCS. Utah State has not struggled in the last, it's the last three times they played him in 2011, 2013, 2016. They've blown. Them. I think they outscored them like 169 to 29 or something like that. Like, let's not be worried about this. Now, I know people might bring up SUU. It's a whole different animal, and that's that's the kind of once in a generation bad game you're gonna see. And honestly, in looking at at Weber State, there's not much that I'm worried about. Um, because for one, you you look at their game, their first game. Uh, they won 41-5. to Interesting score. Weber State gave up a safety. Uh, their defense did actually, they did pretty good. Held Western Oregon to 95 total yards, which is incredibly impressive, holding, your t- holding an opponent below 100 total yards. They actually had negative 34 rushing yards. Western Oregon did. And Weber State had like three turnovers and whatnot. But their defense isn't going to be able to do that to Utah State. They're not going to match up well. And Coach Anderson actually, you know, talking about Weber State, so they kind of do the same thing against tougher opponents. They'll play man uh, man defense in the past. Well, can they match up against Utah State? They can match up against Western Oregon, a Division II school. So they're even a division below Weber State. So I don't know if, you, if Weber State can just match up on defense. They're not going to be able to hold Utah State to 95 yards. And offensively, you look at their first game, not super impressive. You know, they averaged like 3.8 yards per rush, 5.5 yards per pass attempt. Both are pretty low numbers. And you look at, you know, where they were starting their drives, they're starting like a bunch of their drives in Western Oregon territory. Five of their drives started inside the 23-yard line. Ooh. And they got 20 of their points off that. Wow. 27 points total off of drives that started in Western Oregon territory. So I'm not impressed by their offense. I know people have said they got some good players, which I'm sure they do. They're not a bad team. But I don't think they can match up defensively against Utah State's offense. Against Utah State's got some real matchup problems at wide receiver for an FCS team. They've got a bigger, de- <coughs> bigger offensive line versus their defensive line. Um, and then Weber State's offense isn't going to be super good. They're not super dynamic or explosive. And we just saw Utah State have, you know, the most positive part of that game against Alabama was they kind of did okay defensively in a lot of places. Against Alabama. 
and for three quarters they were shutting down UConn. I don't see Weber State doing all that much against Utah State. So offensively, I don't expect Weber State to cross double digits unless there's maybe a blowout touchdown or something like that. So I know it's an in-state game. There are a lot of kids on that Weber State roster uh, that are familiar with USU. There's there's a number of guys on the USU's roster that are going to be familiar with with some of those guys on, in Wildcat uniforms. And we'll get into that a little bit later on with Wade Meacham. It's a cool story there. But um, th- this is a big game for Weber State. You know, these in-state games are really big for them. And I just I wonder if if Coach Anderson may have given a little bit more bulletin board material for Weber State going to the matchup on Saturday with this comment. Weber's going to come in this week with their hair on fire. This is Super Bowl for a lot of guys on that roster. Jay will have them coached up. They're, they're good at what they do. Uh, they're coming off a big win, and, and so we got, to, we got to reset and refocus and, and, and play our best ball Saturday. And A lot of what he said there is solid. I get that, and that's all fair. It's just how he kind of opened it up. Like, it's kind of true, you know, saying this like the Super Bowl for Weber State. But, yeah, that, that is kind of like bulletin board material. Although, if you put it on the bulletin board, it kind of proves his point a little bit. <laughs> Unless he, like, uses it for a speech to say this is another game. But, I mean, Weber State will come out. I mean, they're going to realize, like, look, we've had our cans kicked by these guys. Good year or bad year. I mean, I think Utah State went – Six and seven in 2016, maybe. I'd have to look that up, but it, that wasn't you know super productive year for him. And and they still beat him, really bad. I'm buying time while I look up their 2016 record. <laughs> while you do that, nine, oh, they three. went three and that was the three and nine year they went 2016. So even worse. That oh, was a rough year. And they still beat him 45 to six. Rushed for a ton of yards in that game. And, you know, before then, let's go back to 2013, if this will let me. I believe that was the 70-6 to game. Yeah, 70-6. to And then 2011, 54-17. So, it's last two games, they've only allowed 12 points. And one of those was a really bad year. <laughs> so, like, if you're worried about this game, and I know this makes me sound like, you know, it, it's the... Sound clip that plays at the beginning of the Weber State Beat Utah State documentary. <laughs> um, I'm not worried about this game. And that's a really bad attitude to present, but I'm not. There is a talent gap, a real talent gap between Utah State and Weber State, an athleticism gap. And you need to realize that, just as there was between Utah State and Alabama. And so it almost doesn't matter like what game plan you bring. When you're just straight up outmatched, then so many times it doesn't matter. And based off Coach Anderson's comment, it doesn't sound like Jay Hill's going to walk out with anything super creative or, you know, out of this world, you know, didn't expect that, because that's kind of how UConn threw off Utah State was by being a little unexpected. Weber State's not going to do that. Well, what are they, what are they going to use to scare Utah State? What are they going to use to throw them off? Well, and the other advantage here, for the first time this season, Utah State has real-time footage on their opponent. Yeah. They didn't have uh, any footage with the new coaching staff and a bunch of transfers for UConn in Week 0. 
I mean, we had a pretty good idea what Alabama was all about, but that was their first game of the season. And so for the first time in week three, Utah State finally has tape on what their opponent looks like this year. It's technically week two. Well, <laughs> week three for USU. This game three is what you got to call it. I got to uh, specify game three. We'll catch up. It's going to get confusing. We'll catch up to the proper week in a, in a couple of weeks. Of course, then it'll be like, I guess it'll be uh, Wednesday of the bye. They'll have the same number of games for yeah, that's how true. many weeks it's been. Uh, 9315 texting in, what are the odds that USU runs it against Weber and runs it some more? Pretty high. I would I imagine they'd be am, pretty high odds. I am anticipating the potential for Calvin Tyler Jr. to rush for 200 yards, the offense to run for like three or 400. That's the high end. I'm not going to predict that they break school records. But that's in play with how much they want to run it, with some of the talented guys they have. Could be a game where multiple guys go for 100 yards. Outside chance that maybe if somebody breaks a couple of big ones, you could have three guys go for over 100. But again, that's really high end, and I wouldn't expect that. But with the emphasis Utah State's probably going to place on running the ball as much as possible, and if it gets into blowout territory and some backups come in, it's in the cards. I wouldn't predict it to happen, but it's in the cards. And I wouldn't be too surprised if some kind of if we're tweeting about some things that haven't happened in a while or haven't ever happened Mm. yeah i I think i agree i think there's uh there's a big chip on the shoulder here for this team and they want to set some things straight Uh, we'll hear from some of those players coming up a little bit later on here on the program 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in uh, on the full court press we'll hear from wade meacham we'll hear from daniel grishik and uh, more from uh from coach anderson as well uh, coming up on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. But uh, taking a step aside first, though, just a reminder about Valvoline Instant Oil Change. They're, like Life is busy right now with back to school. Kids are back in school. University is back in session. You're, a lot of extracurricular activities are happening now with sports. And life can get busy. And sometimes it's hard to take care of your vehicle, but don't forget it. Don't neglect it. But sometimes the only time some people have to get it done and uh, get that oil change done is on Sundays. And Valvoline Instant Oil Change is now open on Sundays at 695 North Main in Logan. Back to school means back to massive laundry piles. Get a washer that can handle your busy laundry schedule. Head to Daryl's today for a great deal worth your time. This is Jay from Daryl's Appliance. We have a GE top load laundry pair with a 4.2 cubic foot capacity tub and a 7.2 cubic foot dryer for only $11.07 for the pair. Hurry, stock is limited. See store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service and Sales West on Airport Road. Open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerex. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerex, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerex, my jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerex. 
Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. For more than a decade, Integrity Home Health and Hospice has been changing patient lives, outcomes, futures, and now we're changing our name. Integrity is now proud to be called Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis. A-E-G-I-S. At Aegis, we're dedicated to compassion, character, and trust. We will ensure you experience the difference as we meet your home health and hospice needs. I'm Melissa Fieser. Our team promises to go above and beyond with compassion and care. Call us today, 435-723-9000, or find us online at myages.com. Cold weather is here. Let the gold medal winner in the best of Northern Utah's fireplace category help you update your home with Napoleon's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Napoleon has something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. A lot of numbers here. If you want to text into the show, 435-339-0321. Uh, 7994. If you're not worried about whether USU wins, will you please discuss what USU should be able to work on and improve during this game? Well, what I'd like for them to do is to try throwing the ball a little bit, just mostly to get in rhythm. 20 passes for Bonner, run an actual offense, because if you get into blowout territory, then he ends up maybe only having to throw 20 passes. I'm not saying I want Bonner to come out there and sling at the entire game and have like 45 passes, but I'd like to see a rhythm in the passing game. You kind of got that with UConn, but it was forced. It may not be forced in this game, so I'd like to see some rhythm, get guys involved. Van Leeuwen's kind of struggling with his hands right now where he's, he's dropping some passes. A lot of them are contested, but still you like to see a slot guy be sure-handed. You know, just do a few things. Get some rhythm going, you know, against a, an opponent like this. The rhythm you could never establish against Alabama and probably were never going to, I guess. Just get that rhythm going. Get Bonner in there. Get some confidence back for the passing game. And then, okay, fine, run, 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 yada, yada, yada. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'd like to see this uh, vertical passing game. Um, look, Bonner missed the off season, recovering with the knee surgery, and so it's a new wide receiver core by and large. So he needs to get in rhythm with his guys. He needs to know how they run routes in a game. Practice is one thing, in a game is another. And develop that rapport and confidence in this uh, new passing game. Now, I'm becoming suspicious that the reason we've seen a lot of uh, just run game come hell or high water for this Utah State offense is because there's some new pieces on the offensive line. And... Pretty much, we know how things are going to go the first two weeks. Maybe even we know how things are going to go the first three weeks. And so we're just going to be we're going to be committed to fine tuning and getting the reps that we need, running these specific plays. Uh, and once you know things start to, we're satisfied with where we're at. Um, and then we're going to start to do some other things. I, I, I'm suspicious that that's what we're seeing here with the offensive play calling for the first two games, and we might see more of it Saturday. But I'd, I'd like to see, and I think it's important that the team sees, that it can go vertical and stretch the field in other ways. So that, that's a big thing for me, is I'd like to see how does, how does Bonner connect with this group of new wide receivers? Yeah, I, I think the, you know, the, the theory on working some new pieces to the offensive line, that could have merit. I, I can see that. That's a thought I hadn't had before. But it does go well with what we've seen in terms of what they're doing on the offensive line. So there's six players that have played at least 90 snaps. Uh, we've played, hundred, I think, 140-ish. Alfred Edwards, I think, has played just about every snap. So somewhere between 140, probably 150. He may have come out towards the end of the Alabama game. But you have six guys who've done taken 90, and then you have Cole Motes who's played 50. So he's kind of been in there in both games and played some snaps. So you've got seven guys that you're playing on the offensive line. Uh, they're rotating Felipe Alo into the two guard spots, even into center a little bit, you know, because they've got Wade Meacham, Chandler Dolphin, and Waylon Lapuaho in there as the, the three interior guys. And then Alo is coming in and spelling some of those guys. Like he's he's played all three of those spots. Right. And then Cole Motes has kind of come in to uh, replace Jacob South every now and again. And not in blowout minutes, like real minutes, real snaps. Alfred Edwards is basically the only one who's just always played. He's the one they say, all right, you're there. We're not moving you. Except for I think maybe Wyatt Bowles or Calvin Knapp came in at the end of the Alabama game, played like eight snaps. So, yeah, like having seven offensive linemen, you like to have that many. It's nice to see that they have that many they can play, but, yeah, it is interesting to know maybe they're trying to work them in or they're trying to figure out what they have. Like, who do we have on the interior offensive line? Who do we have a right tackle? They don't. They aren't 100% confident in Jacob South. I don't know why. Maybe I need to go back and look because, again, last few times I've looked, Jacob South's been really good. Or maybe not really good, but, like, good. Right. Good run blocking, good pass blocking, not that much worse than Alfred Edwards. And, like I said, I actually ranked South above Edwards based on what I've seen when I go in and I break down how each of the offensive linemen are doing. So, 
napkin. I don't, I don't know why they're taking South out, but they must see something I'm not. And I'm not an offensive line coach, so I can't speak to any expertise. But, again, they are playing seven offensive line, which is very atypical. Usually you play five guys. You have a sixth one who comes in for any number of reasons. But generally your offensive line should be playing the majority of the snaps, those five guys, with a few exceptions. Yeah, so uh, I'm just I'm becoming, I, I guess, more, not suspicious, that's not the right word, but pivoting more to maybe that's what, more of what's been going on these first few weeks. One, UConn, they, they saw something they could take advantage of, and they just kept working it. Uh, they know they've got some pieces on the offensive line they need to shore up or get better reps in and better understand who they have. They knew the outcome against Alabama, what it was going to be. So let's just get more live reps, get some great experience against a really good opponent. And uh, we're, we're just we're building our team. This is a long play here. And so we're not you know, rushing to judgment or going to you know, try to go crazy for one week when we have a long season ahead of us. And so I'm a little – I think I'm moving more and more to that as to what may be going on with Utah State offensively through its first two weeks. And I don't know there's going to be much different on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything different Saturday. Again, I've said what I'd like to see, but I think we're going to see what they did against UConn. Run, run, run. If we're forced to pass, we will. We've seen them actually go down to an FCS team before. They went down to North Texas. And maybe they'll do that again. Who knows? They might go down 7-0, 14-0 to Weber State. Though that depends if Weber State's offense is good enough. Like I said, they're kind of okay. Well, they trailed North Dakota 21-7 last year. Yeah, so like I said. Took them a while to get going. Utah State has a thing for going down to opponents they should be beating by a lot more. So... That's a possibility just based off precedent that I guess I kind of have to be prepared for to not overreact to. But, you know, yeah, we're going to see a lot of the same against Weber State. We're going to see them try and work through their, you know, work through their, I guess they'll probably play seven offensive linemen again, maybe a few more if there's blowout minutes. Um, but we're going to see them handing the ball off a lot, being conservative for whatever reason it is. We're trying to figure it out. You know, you've got your reason. We've got a lot of people thinking it's just trying not to tip their hand. You know, in it could just be some other reason they have. Maybe they're trying to avoid injuries. They're trying to do something. There's, you know, 10, 15 theories you could probably come up with that all have maybe some merit or at least some logical through line. In the end, Utah State's the only one that knows why they're suddenly running the ball 65% of the time. <laughs> it doesn't make sense if you don't have the answer, which we don't. We just have to guess at it and try and find the explanation that makes sense. Going all Sherlock Holmes here. <laughs> Once you've eliminated all of the possibilities, the last one, however improbable, must be the answer. Must be the answer. Uh, but I haven't eliminated anything yet, so I can't get to that. <laughs> Four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to weigh in, uh, we'll hear from one of those offensive linemen coming up a little bit later on the show. Wade Meacham. Not only the experience of playing at Alabama and what's going on with the run game, 
but uh, there's a definite familial situation going on on Saturday. Fun. Uh, a new version of Battle of the Brothers, so to speak. Yeah, you could say that. So uh, we'll hear from him. And then Daniel Grishik, uh, he was he had a few bright spots at Alabama, so I asked him about that. And interesting to get his reaction to it. Uh, he was he was happy with it, but he was mad, too, because he, he knew there were other opportunities to be had that he didn't get. And that's a good sign of a player who wants to is trying to be better. Yeah, it was kind of like that with we interviewed him after the first scrimmage. He'd had a really good, like statistically, really good day. But he had a couple bad plays, including the one where he just absolutely <laughs> blew a coverage uh, on a read option. But, and he was like, yeah, had some good plays, but I got to fix this and this and that. And largely, I think Grishik's been one of the better defensive players on the team. He's not been horrible on run defense. He's not even, I don't even know if he's been bad. He's been solid. He's been getting pressures. He's got to work on actually sacking the quarterback, which technically there was an improvement against Alabama right? in that regard. Yes. But, yeah, I, I've... I've liked Daniel Grishik's play. We'll see how it evolves as we get into Mountain West play and things settle in. So those comments, uh, those interviews coming up a little bit later on here in the Full Court Press. So hang with us. We're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, we also we had so much fun and so much stuff to get through yesterday. We didn't get to the stat that blew our minds or the player of the, our player of the week. And so we will get to that here shortly on the Full Court Press as well. If you've got a stat or a player that should be recognized – We'd love to get your nominations for that recognition. 435-339-0321. This year's Grand Latino Festival is Saturday, September 17th on Center Street in Logan. All are invited to celebrate the Latin culture with delicious food, lively music, dancing in the streets, and cultural performances. Festivities get underway at 4 p.m. with a parade of flags and authentic Latin dress. Then work off the calories to everyone's favorite dance-based workout, Zumba. This year's Latino Festival is presented by Gosner Foods, where you can earn between $15 and $20 an hour, quarterly bonuses, and free health insurance. Members First Credit Union, our name says it all. Thermo Fisher Scientific, Thermo Fisher is hiring. Join their team today. iFit, a global company committed to diversity and inclusion, welcomes everyone to the Latino Festival. Bring your family, your friends, and especially your appetite to the Grand Latino Festival, Saturday, September 17th, starting at 4 p.m. on Logan Center Street. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. We would like to welcome Prodigy Brewing to the heart of Logan. Cash Valley's first and only brew pub with family-friendly dining. With an upscale twist on classic brew pub fare and ingredients sourced as local as possible, they are thrilled to be part of the heart of Cash Valley. Bring the family and try their wood-fired pizza or their mouth-watering signature burger. Located on beautiful Center Street, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pizza, burgers, and brews. Mmm, tasty. 
Calling all Aggie football fans, this Saturday, September 10th, come and tailgate with Valley Office Systems. Starting at 2 p.m. before the Weber State game, come and join us for food, drinks, and fun. Everyone is invited. Look for the Valley Office Systems tent and cheer your Aggies on. Go Aggies! The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Napa Auto Parts, they sponsor the Dan Patrick Above the Noise segment coming up in about 10 minutes from now. But Napa has their gold filter sale going on. So it means the time it's uh, time to stock up. Napa gold filters are on sale for up to 60% off. Uh, so we didn't get to this yesterday. So we wanted to make sure we have time to do it today. Um, we're going to get into our stat to blow our minds, our player of the week. That's coming up in just a minute. We do have a text we want to read and get to. And if before we get to our stat and player, if there's a player in your mind who stood out, feel free to give us a nomination, a shout-out that we should make. 435-339-0321. But in the meantime, 5879 texts in. says, who will be a tougher opponent, UConn or Weber State? UConn. UConn. <laughs> like, it, it's... Like so there's a lot of people who have a lot of undue worry about this. And again, it makes me sound like the person is just way too overconfident, but there's realities to the talent gap. Unless Utah State absolutely craps the bed, lays an egg, every other metaphor for just being terrible, way worse than they should be, Utah State's gonna win this game by several touchdowns. Weber State is a team to be respected, not a team to be feared. UConn presented a lot of unknowns, and um, and, and that's probably why it took Utah State a, a minute to figure them out. But then they did. They made their adjustments, realized something that they could take advantage of, and they just kept doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. Like, you look at UConn, new coach, new quarterback, a lot of new pieces. Weber State, same coach, a lot of same pieces. And they have this year's game film. So there is just... I I can't find a reason to be worried about this game. Because everything about it says Utah State's the better team. And like the only way is if Utah State just plays super conservative and just keeps doing that without trying. Because you know, if, if they'd have done that against UConn, they may have lost. But then they woke up in the second quarter like, all right, okay, let's act like the better team. They did... They got up, and then they were conservative the rest of the way, and they'd already built up, built up some momentum, and it helped. But then, of course, they scored the the touchdown later in the fourth to go up, you know, thirty-one twenty, whatever it was. And so, they were clutch when they needed to there. 
So right. and it had some key takeaways late. Yeah, so it's like whenever Utah State had to perform against UConn, they did. They were just conservative for about 65% of the game. And so if Weber State threatens it all, Utah State kind of has that in their back pocket, a switch that they have flipped already this season against a lesser opponent. So I'm not worried. 7241, which is the bigger talent gap, USU Bama or USU Weber? It's an interesting question. I, hmm. I, I don't know. know because of how the Utah State had their game plan against Alabama. Yeah. And it's also hard to, like, measure talent. You just have a general sense of it. Um, I might say Bama-Utah State might be a little bigger. Just because there is such a huge gap. There's a there's a huge gap between like the top three teams in college football and the teams that are like four through ten. Like there's already that huge gap. So there's so many blowouts in the college football playoff because there's just one team that's just so much better. Yeah. Even though you are going down a division between Utah State and Weber, I might lean towards there being a bigger talent gap between Alabama and Utah State. I I'd be willing to hear arguments for either. But, but I'm, I'm with you. I think I would be more inclined to say the gap between USU and Alabama is greater than the gap between USU and Weber State. Yeah. So. Nine three one five. I'm more worried about Weber in basketball, but never as of late in football. Yeah, in basketball. I mean, it, Weber State's it's a different good. story. They're, they're a Division basketball. One team. They get some good players. They'll threaten you. I don't think they've beat Utah State in a while. Uh, five eight seven nine. ESPN's FPI. Gashed the Aggies, dropping them from eight wins down to six wins. I think that's slanted. Thoughts? I don't see where you suddenly think those two losses are going to suddenly come from. Like, Wyoming's not looking any better. Colorado State's almost looked worse than we were expecting. Who was they? Who are they saying they were going to win against now? They're saying they're going to lose to maybe Air Force, but they probably weren't favored against Air Force anyway. Uh, it would probably be the Wyoming and Colorado State. Those are the only ones I could see on the schedule that could be flipped. I mean, I think they might lose to one of those. But I don't see where you're suddenly changing your predictions. I'm not changing no, my I'm, predictions. I'm still, I still have Utah State as an eight-win team. Yeah. And honestly, the way Colorado State's kind of played a little bit, I'm almost worried that I'm, I, I picked Utah State to lose to Colorado State. Are they going to – the Rams don't look nearly as good as I was thinking they were going to be. So there's almost room for me. Of course, I'm optimistic about Utah State against Air Force, unlike pretty much everybody else. <laughs> That's probably the place I'll be most wrong on. True. Unless Utah State beats Boise State or, or BYU, in which case I'll definitely be wrong on those. Uh, 5879 with the response. I believe it flipped the Air Force and Wyoming games. I can understand the Air Force. If they had Utah State favorite against Air Force, I could see that. Wyoming... I don't. I don't see why. Why? Why? Why they would Wyoming flip that beat one. Tulane? Uh, excuse me, uh, Tulsa over the weekend. Okay. Think Utah State's Tulsa. But can you? Would Utah State beat Tulsa? Well, Wy- Wyoming barely beat Tulsa. Yes. Let's, let's let's keep that in mind. Barely they had to come back to tie it, and then barely beat them because Tulsa missed a field goal. Yeah, and they botched opportunities to seal it too yeah so it's like let's keep that in mind 
Uh, all right, we're overdue. We uh, we're gonna take a quick timeout. We may have to do just one of the stat or players or punt into the next hour, but we gotta take a quick timeout here in the full court press. Love the text coming through though. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity. Discover animals from around the world and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. Having enough money can be a challenge these days, so let's fix that. Raise your possibilities with Elevate Credit Union. Start by opening an account, then move your loans to Elevate. Elevate Credit Union's low rates means lower payments. Elevate can help you consolidate your debt, and there are no payments for 60 days. Apply online, over the phone, or visit a branch. Visit ElevateCU.com. That's ElevateCU.com. Have you thought about your furnace lately? Of course not. It's hot outside. Now's a great time to start thinking about replacing it or having it serviced for fall and winter. Advanced Heating and Air will help you get some of the industry's best rebates on a new high-efficient York furnace installed in your home. Or one of Advanced Heating and Air's service professionals can service your furnace for the upcoming winter season. Call today, 752-7272, or schedule a free estimate at advancedheating-ac.com. York, install confidence. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a week one matchup of two Super Bowl contenders as Patrick Mahomes leads the Chiefs against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as we kick off the new season in style with two of the league's top quarterbacks dueling in the desert. It's the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. If it's the NFL, it's right here. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. We'll punt into the next hour. Stat to blow our minds and our player of the week. Uh, we'll also share some uh, exclusive post-practice audio with uh, Daniel Grishik and uh, Wade Meacham. You mean Daniel Grzyaziak? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Coach Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy that should know his players' names the most is the head coach. Oh, did he mispronounce he it? He always calls him Grisiak. Really? Maybe that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> well, no. I asked Daniel himself. It's Grishik. I guess. Oh, okay. it's like It's like Brett Favre, spelled Favre. Favre. Uh, 9315 texting in, is ESPN that up to date on the Mountain West where they don't have any games on the station? Yeah, yeah. a lot of debate about that last year, especially in basketball, about – ESPN giving greater weight to conferences who have contracts with uh, with their networks, but then they were proven right with how well the Mountain West Didn't did or do? did not do in the uh, basketball postseason. I guess. I mean, 
ESPN's a bit shady at times. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. So stay with us, sticking up, or sticking up, <laughs> stick around, because coming up next hour, uh, Daniel Grishik, Wade Meacham, player that blew or, or player of the <laughs> week, instead that blew our mind. Maybe it was a player who blew our minds. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NFL season officially kicks off tomorrow night, and it's a welcome sight for NFL fans. But for Ravens fans, the new year will bring mixed feelings. Star quarterback Lamar Jackson set a deadline for an extension for his contract, and that deadline is fast approaching. Both parties taking on some risk here. If Jackson returns to MVP form, Baltimore may be forced to hand him a massive new deal. Jackson faces a similar dilemma. If he happens to disappoint or suffers an injury, the Ravens can then counter with a team-friendly contract or maybe move on. Just look at what happened to Baker Mayfield last season. Lamar Jackson is a far superior quarterback than Baker, but in the NFL, nothing is set in stone. So although the two sides may seem destined for a new deal, this up coming season has the potential to change a lot for both parties. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.